Welcome to the TGPT okay. Podcast. Yeah. Uh, we are outside the gym today. In a very... I feel like this should come out on Halloween. It's a very ominous yeah. setting. It's very ominous. It's a spooky setting. It's just so moist inside that we had to come gross. outside. That's yeah. a gross word. Anyway. So, today on the podcast, we're going to talk about... You! Me! Yeah. Oh, man, it's not... The podcast wasn't about me enough. It's like... <laughs> the first <laughs> word. Hosted, like, you know. Anyway. So, uh, it is July 23rd, I believe, yes. as of the recording of this podcast. The release of this podcast. Who the fuck knows? No. Um, it's, gonna, it's, gonna, it's just going to come out. But... July 21st is the Connecticut... Was. Was. <laughs> um, was the Connecticut Summer Showdown. There's also traffic, so if you hear that, we apologize. Anyway. Also, trying something new. We're trying something new. We want to... Like, <laughs> we figured we set up mid-traffic. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, anyway. And I competed, right? I, like... And I did not. <laughs> Brian didn't either. Right? I People just assume I don't do shit on this podcast because <laughs> I don't. <laughs> but I actually do compete, right? And uh, we had a pretty shit day, so you know that was fun. Nice. <laughs> well, uh, what was your total PR yeah, for the day? What was your total? Let's start there. Yeah. Uh, so my total PR was fifty some odd pounds on my total since last since regionals. Okay. Yeah. And um, that was going seven for nine. That was going seven for nine. So we, we missed a third we missed a third bench, bench that would have got you a little bit more. Yeah. And then I went aggressive by putting a twenty two pound PR attempt on your deadlift for your third attempt. Yeah. Which we probably could have gotten seventeen pounds. So if we hit all that, we're talking a seventy two pound PR from one meet to the next. That's nice. Yeah, that's we nice. failed. Fire me. <laughs> <laughs> more importantly, what, were you, more importantly what, what songs did you lift to? Oh, that was... Um, I forgot my uh, squat Your song. Your squat song was, was Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh, yeah, it was Earth, Wind, and Fire. Then Your my... bench song bench. was... You had the iPad. What was it? Oh, wasn't it was yeah. Aladdin? No, that was my that first was deadlift. deadlift. That was deadlift. Okay. And my second oh, deadlift was uh, Akuna Matata. No, because I wanted I wanted Dancing Queen, but it didn't. Yeah, I didn't make it work. We had a whole new world. Yeah, and then Akuna Matata, Akuna yeah. Ma- and then Cascadas every time we touch, because that's a goddamn classic. Yeah, that's a good. Fight me if you think otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. Uh, I'm, I've mentioned it on the podcast a lot of times. I. I I tend to not take the lifting song seriously. I, I don't think it's... Uh, I'm about to burn some huge bridges here because I'm leaving for Kansas City. Uh, the two things that I think are just pointless are, like, having, like, an overly aggressive song. Uh, I think you should be able to find that personal internal motivation to lift heavy weight if you're mood is deterred off by music. We can't lift heavy because, like, a song is playing. It's like, well, you know, just get stronger. Um, also, taking your shirt off for deadlifts. I do that. I do both of those things. So, like, <laughs> so fuck you, Brian. Yeah, I'm terrible. Um, I, I, don't, I don't see the point in taking your shirt off for deadlift. I'm, I might just be weak. Well, here's the problem is it shapes your nipples. Oh, okay. So you really have to time it effectively <laughs> because if you don't, it's just not a good day for your chest. Because, like, I mean, I don't train in the gym shirtless, so why would I do well, Maybe you should start, dude. <laughs> uh, is, there, is, there, is there, like, a 
I'll throw one more person on the bus, and then I'll actually kind of talk about music for real. But uh, Kevin Can, who's like, when you watch Kevin, he's probably one of the most intense lifters. His eyes look like they're gonna blow out of his head. The whole second. meat, he's like the that. whole meat. Uh, his last song was Taylor Swift. Yeah, hey, I asked somebody wanted. He's like, oh, and, he, and he said that if he didn't have that on, he might have might not had the day that he had because he needed to be picked up for that third deadlift. Yeah, uh, it's not normally what you'd expect from you know a male powerlifter at the end of the meet to be like Taylor Swift. Uh, there is research behind music that uh, a higher tempo um, it does help with like especially with cardio events so like Panama by Van Halen it's like 180 beats a minute or something like that it's very fast uh, it's been shown to have like some rhythmic effects with your heartbeat to help you pick up your heartbeat a little bit faster which can therefore have a little bit of a better effect on your training or on your performance um, there's really a hasn't as far as I know hasn't been anything done like that on weightlifting so we're it's all just speculation um, but it's also when you go to a weightlifting competition, it's dead silent. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it, they can be quiet. But like, I think so. The music that most people are listening to, like for that heavy deadlift or heavy squat, whatever, is usually either heavy metal or um, hardcore rap, which is what we play most of the time in the gym anyway. It's really not that fast. You think like it's not the same kind of beats per minute as something like Panama. Yeah. Um, rap like Biggie's like. 80 beats a minute. It's actually got like kind of like, at least at performance enhancement wise, it's actually more of a calming effect because it's not that fast. It's the undertone that you're kind of setting yourself to. Um, but I understand like for Brian, like Smash Your Enemies, you hear that, you hear that high pitch at the beginning of the mm-hmm. when when the song starts, and like it gets you in the right mindset. Yeah. Is it actually yeah, yeah. is it is the music itself giving you any performance boost? No, it's absolutely not. It's just giving you that mindset to be able to focus on the task at hand and complete it. And the, the problem, I think, is, like, when you go to bigger events, we're lucky here that someone like Brian's willing to take uh, a lot of people and say, hey, I'll, I'll play a song for you, and that we have someone at the table that can put that song on. But when you go to bigger meets, we were at uh, Nationals last year. Okay, it was yeah. basically elevator music the entire time. Yeah. Um there was no heavy metal. There was no rap. It was just like, you know, just gentle music playing in the background. You're not yeah. going to get that. Uh, but strongman events, usually they're outside. Yeah. There's not, like, if there's a stereo, it's not going to be much. Yeah. And like I said, at, at weightlifting, at true weightlifting, like Olympic weightlifting, it's silent. Yeah. So uh, Chad Smith had made a comment years ago that he tries not to listen to stuff that he wants to listen to when he's training because come meet day, you don't know what you're going to get. And if you want... If you got, if you have to have Smash Your Enemies on every time it comes on to lift heavy, mm-hmm. you're never gonna get that at nationals, and you know that. Yeah. But in the, in in the gym, like for that PR attempt, yeah, we can do it. At a local meet, yeah, we can do it. But you're never gonna get that. There, no one, Gino's not putting on Smash Your Enemies next time. No, he's playing K Rock on YouTube on his phone. Yeah. Yo. Um, Gino's probably not putting on uh, every time we touch. Wow. You know, it's just it's not happening. So classic. You have to be able to find. Inwards of like how to focus and hit that 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 tunnel vision or that focus, whatever it is for you, that you can still make that attempt without anything. Yeah. Uh, I used to talk about my buddy Carl and I when we started lifting. We lifted in silence all the time. The, the YMCA that I grew up lifting at didn't have a radio <clears> until <throat> we bought one for the rate for the the weight room, and we weren't allowed to play anything that had swears in it, yeah. which took away all of our music anyway. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it helps this, the environment a little bit where you can, like, you know, maybe you're, like, you're just into the music, but it's not helping your performance. It's just, I think it's just energy and where you might be, like, 
everyone started clapping when we when you played oh, that skate. Like there was fun. It made yeah. it. It gave it more energy. And um, which sucks. Like. As, as not, 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 not sucks that the fact that people suck, but I meant the my thought process was it sucks that when like <laughs> powerlifting meets are objectively boring to watch. Yeah. Right. Uh, other than watching that one person you know you or like know. a couple friends yeah. you know, right? You sitting there listening to just loud, obnoxious music for like five hours. People tend to just sort of like check out or like just sort of drain energy over time that by yeah. the time you know you're on like second benches like people are just like oh my god I'm exhausted right I, I mean, and I think the excitement for like the devs come not because like it's heavy but holy shit it's almost over <laughs> is it really right? cynical way to look at it so uh you know well that's I mean that's legit I put together playlists yeah to match the energy of the meat. So, like, if, like, yeah, we play hip-hop during bench and it's more calculated and it's not... It's a little boring. Yeah. But when we pick it back up into deadlifts, as long as the meats run well and it's not hours long, the energy's picked up a little bit. It's usually a little bit more energetic towards deadlifts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not just because of the music, but it matches the energy. But having those breaks, right? Yeah, the breaks in between, and, 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 uh... Freaking Aladdin starts playing. People yeah. are all like, "Oh my god, I love this song." People remember or, Aladdin. Oh my That's god, he's an idiot. Like, yeah. <laughs> what are this fucking idiot. Again. It takes that break of yeah. like, oh, okay, cool, it resets, and yeah. So I mean, that's part of the reason why uh, I did it. Other reason was because uh, I objectively hate myself, and I think uh, <laughs> I think that just having the people at the table fuck with me until like I get a lift is hilarious. That's very nihilistic. <laughs> yeah. Way to bring this podcast down. Yeah, no. That, like, well, <laughs> let's get off that a little bit. Like, like one. So okay, as, talk about your performance. Well, I was gonna ask you. <laughs> ask me first. <laughs> what, what do you think about my performance? All right. <laughs> so tell us your numbers. It was five eighteen. Which was a uh, squat PR by eleven pounds. Mm-hmm. Five kilos. Yeah. Uh, Bench. 304, which in a meet is a 10-pound PR, uh, not in the gym, but, you know, who gives a shit about that? Um, and deadlift, deadlift uh, 531. 529. 529, um, which... Uh, Tied. No, I did 531, because I matched... Uh, not a number. Oh, okay, whatever. 535. 535. Or whatever whatever uh, Ryan did, I did as well. 535, yeah. 535. 531's not a number. 535, uh, which is a 4-pound PR and 6-pound six. Six PR. I can't do math. It's late. Uh, and uh, by meat standards, I did 518 at regionals. Mm-hmm. So whatever math that is. Yeah, 17 pounds. 17 pounds. Seven and a half kilos. We just yeah. think kilos would be easier. Um, what did I think about your performance? Yes. Um, I thought you had more left in the tank for squat. Okay. Which, after... Let's pull back a little bit. This was not the meet you were supposed to do. No. I was training for regionals. Which is in about four weeks. And then you decided to go to med school. Yeah. So you leave before regionals so we had to do a meet quickly so we changed it you did this meet so we 
change. Well, I was going to do May, but then I was like, fuck that. You were yep. supposed to do May, too. You're right. You signed up for March. <laughs> You're supposed to do May. You signed up for March by accident. You did that. You oh screwed a couple things. So the training's been a We had to change a few things. <laughs> it's a blessing I got into med school, guys. Um, <laughs> we had to change the peak a little bit to make sure that you peaked on time. Um, I said you hit a five kilo squat PR. I think you had more in the tank. You agree with that? Yeah. 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 Uh, bench, uh, you know, with your shoulder issue, is always kind of iffy. Oh yeah. Um, you'd hit three twenty five in the gym. I believe three nineteen. Three nineteen, which a lot of that has come on recently. So your bench has gone up very quickly, very recently, which is great. Um, we went for. 325. Uh, 325. 325 in the meet, yeah. which wasn't there that day. But if we, if we went 314, 319, that probably would have been there. Yeah. Um, you know, not always you're going to hit the numbers you want in the meet. Uh, deadlift, so you pulled a 529 deadlift in the gym two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and the speed of the deadlift, I said you this after the meet, was the first time that I had the confidence to call a big jump. And I said, based on that, I was going to call a 10-kilo PR and go to 551, um, which is the first time that grip has been an issue for you, and you just, you've never held that much weight. And yeah. it came off the floor fast, and yeah, you almost had this running. Yeah, you just had that. I think if you had the grip, you probably would have locked it out fine. Um, you know, you would have hit a little bit less than that. If we, had, well, if we went 545, you probably would have had that. Um, so I think overall, you know, a 50-plus pound PR – with just missing a 70-ish pound PR uh, is really good. Nice. Uh, especially, like I said, with having the changes that you had in your in your program leading up to this meet. I was very happy with that. Awesome. Well, it, like, uh, I mean, you always, I mean, we've said this before, you always sort of linger on the things that you miss, right? And I'm assuming from uh, my deadlifts, we're going to do a lot more grip-based work. <laughs> um, but, like, for any one of your athletes, after a performance like you saw and sort of missing a lift here or there, technically or, like, strength-wise, what changes are you going to be making to a program or what information are you gathering as you're watching sort of for the hindsight of 2020 about sort of what happened mm-hmm. during the meet? Yeah. Um, Kind of a tough That's a loaded question. Like, yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot there. Um, I think it depends on a bunch of things. So I think we had some lifters miss some lifts just to first-time jitters, um, just being a little bit nervous, um, or making lifts that should have been easier, a little bit harder because it was their first time. Uh, so just having the right mindset going into those and uh, going through kind of through the steps of what to do like you normally would do. Um, I think some of them were technical. Um, you know, just uh, you know, touching too low on your stomach, so therefore you can't drive the bar back as well, something like that. Um, now we need to work on technique, or maybe we just aren't strong enough, which um, I don't think we really had any of this meet where it was just like, wow, we just weren't stronger for that. Uh, I said your, your deadlift, uh, your grip did get out, but the, it, the lift itself was right there right up to the last second. Um, if you had straps on, you would have crushed that. So we do have to work on your grip specifically. Yeah. Um, but the nice thing about a meet, that's the good and bad thing is that that's when we're actually truly testing your capabilities. So it's oftentimes when I'll see you guys actually break down. Okay. Um, so, and based on what breaks down is what leads to what we have to do in the next training cycle. So, 
you know, maybe maybe in the gym because we're not truly pushing to our max, your technique is a little bit better or doesn't break down as much. Uh, we can't see some of those things. Uh, we're come meet day. Uh, I'm going to throw Ryan under the bus, but Ryan missed his third squat uh, at the meet, something that he had hit in the gym because his upper back rounded so much that he just couldn't finish the lift. Um, so now we know for him, like working on thoracic extension and keeping his upper back strong and tight uh, is something that we need to work on. And that's both, it's not both, it's all three. It's, it's physical of getting his upper back stronger and working on that thoracic extension. It's technical of keeping his back under the bar and chest up and elbows under the bar. And it's uh, execution-wise of remembering those steps because he even said that when he went up to squat the first time, he's like, I don't know how to squat, I forgot what to do. Um, so it's all three things that goes into all of them of what we need to work on. And each person's going to get something different. And some people, um, some people that didn't work because, like, so here's a good example. Uh, so here's first meet. He's a much better meat lifter than a gym lifter. Mm -hmm. And uh, all of his attempts were easy. Yeah. All of his third attempts, he went nine for nine and, like, his third deadlift was so fast that I made him go take another attempt in the back room, yep. which he hit in the <laughs> yeah. back room. Um, I would never do that normally. And I was like, uh, Bri, take him in the back and have him go up. Yeah, that was the first time I heard you say that. I was like, go up another seven and a half kilos, have him pull a PR in the back room. Because, like, he, had, he, had, he thought he could pull a little bit heavier, but the week leading up to it, his test just didn't go that well. Yeah. And then he hit 50 more pounds in the meat on deadlift alone. So now I know for him that he's a better meat lifter than a gym lifter. So I know that he's going to get a bigger jump in his total based on the meat. So now, same thing, like, that's a different thing we need to work on because I need to know that if he's good for a 10% jump and you're good for a 5% jump and you're good for a 3% jump, I can't make the same calls for all of you. Yeah. yeah. So it's what you guys need, but it's also what I need to be able to see and go from there and make those adjustments too. That's a long answer. Yeah. There's a lot more I could say, but shit. <laughs> Well, that's where, like, cool. if you go back to it, like, that's, like, when we were taking, uh, so here's openers, I think, they were, they didn't go well, and, you know, I think Ryan didn't know, like, what, you know, I have a few options here, but we went, like, the, not cautious route, but, like, numbers we knew we could hit. Yeah. Um, where on meet day, I, I mean, I couldn't read his... His energy, yeah. like, but he on the platform, he was just like stoic, but he killed on the platform. So I have no idea what's going on with him. The same idea with uh, with Joe Noise. He had a uh, a great meet, and then when it came deadlift, his second attempt is something he should have hit, but he didn't like feel like he had enough effort into it. But as soon as I put on that song, I saw it clicked in. Yeah, and he crushes it. Where it goes back to the idea of you don't know how someone's going to react to a certain stimulus or to a certain environment. Where now, you know, now that you coach here more, you might have been on the call. Now that I see Joe more, I might know, like, oh, he needs this, and it's gonna enable him to lift. So that, like, post meet sort of week of like, all right, here's what we saw. Yeah. For new lifters, it's like, okay, this is now how I understand how he does at competition. Yeah, it's a great versus to move forward. Well, I've been competing for, like, three years now, two years, something like that, whatever, right? You know, like, okay, cool, his shoulder's still fucked up, like, <laughs> well, yeah, like let's like, try like, working on that, <laughs> right? But squats, let's, we're fine. Yeah. <laughs> Way to make me look bad as a coach. 
I mean, but while also putting like forty pounds on your bench in the last like three and a half months. Um, no, it's. I mean, there's a lot, and and, and meat day is great because it does give us so much information. Yeah. Um, and some of the, like meats here, like we never ran a summer meat for a long time. We tried it last year, went pretty well. We ran again this year, sold out. It's hot here. Yeah. Uh, so if you're not used to training in the heat. A lot of people had get bad, out of the kitchen. A lot, a lot of people had bad meats because they weren't used to it being warm. They came from another gym that maybe had air conditioning. We don't have that. Nope. It's 90 here, like nope. regularly in the summer. Yeah. So the people that train here are a little bit more ready for it. But if you come from a gym that's got air conditioning, you're used to 70 degrees. You walk in here. By the time you're done warming up, you're like, "Wow, oh, I'm tired." So that's another adjustment. Uh, we had that happen in Nashville a few years ago when the AC broke in Denver. The first couple of days were smoking hot at an elevation, so people were not responding well. And the next few days, the air was working, and people started lifting a little bit better because just the, the environment was better yeah. set up. There's so much that goes into what happens on meat day that you can plan everything for it, and shit's still going to go wrong. Yeah. But hopefully, if we have it planned well enough, we can at least keep that in check, and it won't go just to hell. Yeah. So now that the meat's over, right? Uh, what is sort of the, the plan now? Like, ideally, how soon after meat should you should picking it back up again? Like, oh, let's get ready, ready for the next one, if you will. So Brian and I were talking about that earlier today, and my answer is I have no idea. Oh, sick. Um, anyone that tells you they know everything about it is lying. They don't know. It's it's just, it's a it's a Half-guessing game? Yeah. Yeah, like, well, you get it. It still comes it's out an educated guessing game. Like, <laughs> I, I mentioned before earlier today, like, um, we had several of the people that lifted on Saturday that lifted tonight, which I was actually surprised about. Most people take a few days off. A lot of people came to the gym or some of the online members were like, hey, I'm, I'm ready to train, and I was very surprised by that. Yeah. Um, not me. Walked in, took three snaps. I'm like tired. See you later, guys. Yeah. It's, but like now, one of the comments I made was that as you do this longer and as you get stronger, I think you need a little bit more rest than you do if you're pretty new to it or if your strength level's not there yet. Um, but we mentioned someone like Steph Cavallano. Like Steph has done several meets now with us, and she's very strong in the 57 class. And she always comes back on Monday like ready to go. And Last year, I think, after the May meet, we were like, all right, let's get right back into it. You're ready to go. She felt great. And by the end of the week, she was not feeling great because it was just it was too much in her system. Um, so I've changed my mind a lot in the last few months from talking to a couple coaches, um, primarily Zach Cooper and Jeremy Harmon with that, where tonight, uh, tonight was, like I said, the first night for a lot of you guys, and I, like, squats. I, I had some people squat three sets of eight high bar, not low bar, so different in competition, but I had them doing like 55% of what they hit at the meet. Um, feet up bench, we did at like 50% of what they hit at the meet, and I had them pull some singles, like like 15 singles with very short rests with like 40%. Numbers that were all obviously very easy, but I actually had people be like, wow, that's kind of hard. Um, first, they weren't used to doing volume and second, their body doesn't feel great after the meet. Um, but even just a few months ago, the meet we had in May, I was mostly had people come in and say, okay, don't touch a bar for a week. Uh, body build, have fun, and then we'll go from there. Uh, now, the rest of the week of programming that I wrote is primarily bodybuilding. Um, 
but I had him do the movements a little bit. You know, Jeremy and Zach both talked about how it does help, and there's a lot of science that shows that doing the same movement that got you to where you are, being soreness and CNS fatigue, will help you get better. So scientifically, it makes sense. We tried it, and uh, we'll see how everyone feels tomorrow if they're dead. Um, I don't know. Um, But then, yeah, on the other hand, um, some people... Carl LaRocco, who I trained for a long time, was third in the country two years in a row and I think sixth in the third year. Like, he would take, like, two weeks off. Like, for a week, just wouldn't come to the gym at all. And then he'd come in, like, foam roll, stretch, do a couple goblet squats and golf. Um, Tim Donahue, after the last meet, took, like, a solid month off of anything, like, heavy at all. And his comment the other day was that he feels great and he, and he wants to train heavy and he's getting ready for regionals and he's been doing really well. So... Again, it depends. Everything depends. And, like, if you have to... That's why the fitness industry sucks. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, I think it, it just comes down to... I made a comment yesterday that you can't coach the lift. You have to coach the lifter. Um, because everyone's different. Yes, the lifts are the same, but, like, the way we go about all those lifts are different. So if you're just coaching the lift... You're, you're gonna miss a lot. Yeah. I mean, those you you listed, Tim and Carl were both heavyweights, so like they're heavier guys. They're bigger they dudes both, moving lots of weight. But they're moving bigger weights, and they both have, you know, Tim's a pretty demanding job. Like it's you yeah. take on a lot of question of like what's going on outside. You can go like an endless rabbit hole of like, well, yeah. does he feel good? Did he eat well? Did he sleep? Does he whatever? But like, I I think we always went with the. Uh, I always just say don't touch a bar too. That's just always what I've yeah. done, and I and I've, I've obviously seen people around me do that. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I maybe the I guess it just delaying fatigue or getting you recovered again. But there's also the mental break of like I want to train again. I took a week off. Like I really want to train again. Compared to just like Which going back want. into it. Yeah. Right. You don't you don't want people to come in and just be so burnt out from the because meat prep sucks is demanding yeah. and if you're it burnt sucks. out and you don't want to be here then maybe you take that week off yeah. or maybe you just don't touch a bar maybe you do some do some bro workouts for a week so forever. and that's what I've done forever so yeah. until today yeah so we'll see how it goes <laughs> um, because you want to have that mindset of training the only one that I would probably say I'm against I know a lot of people do this is that YOLO day of like you know what yeah. I'm gonna come in on Monday and go bumper plates on a deadlift bar and pull a max. It's really dumb. Well, you did that two days ago. Yeah. <laughs> you basically just proved that you peaked completely wrong. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you're peaked, really bad at planning. You peaked two days <laughs> off. Like. <laughs> like, that, I, to me, that's a really bad idea. Um, I wish that would go away. But it's also only on deadlift where they can use the deadlift bar. I don't see anyone yeah. coming into a YOLO squat. If Instagram went away, would that still exist? That's a good question. I didn't even know about it until like a couple years ago. Like I've been around this for a while, and I don't remember anyone coming in on Monday and going Next crazy night. on a different bar. Yeah. Does this mindset change if uh, said person is not going to compete for at least a year? <laughs> no, I think no, like, it's, it's, like, still like, it's, still, it's still dumb. No, no, not not that. But like tr- the transition from like oh, like that, like back into training, tra- into training, because like if. Like if he, if, yeah, like me. Yeah, like, so yeah. if if the per, like if because uh, I'm not gonna I'm, like I'll probably do the the July meet again next year, right? Uh, you know, hopefully. But n- I have an entire year to sort of get ready for that meet. 
am I going to be sort of once again like peaking, repeaking, coming down, peaking, or is it, are you going to use the idea that oh we have so much time, we can just gradually build back up? If I know, I mean, if I know for a fact that you're not going to compete, then I'll probably take a long time and build you back up. But what I found with many people is they say they're going to take <clears throat> six months off. And then about 10 weeks in, they feel great because they're training at a higher volume and they're getting in better shape. You know, their their max strength might not be where it is, but they're they're just in better overall fitness. They feel good. And they're like, I'm going to do a meet in four weeks. And you're like, shit. We've been doing volume for 10 weeks. We haven't hit anything heavy at all. I'm like... <laughs> And all right, and openers. Like, okay, let's you know, let's push it real quick, and let's see. We got to find out where you're at, um, because like when we peak for this, you're only really like that strong. If we peak correctly, that that strong that one day, yeah. like it's not like you could not have pulled 550 six weeks ago. You probably couldn't have pulled it two weeks ago, but you ripped it off the floor on Saturday, and, and like so we're that close to locking it out. Um, could you pull today? Probably not. Probably not. No. So, like, for that one little brief moment in time we were there, um, I would love to know that, you know, we could build volume and work on things that are wrong and, and make a lot of corrections technically and physically and mentally and, like, build up. And then, you know, a year from now, do your next meet and be like, wow, we just threw 100 pounds in your total. Uh, it's probably not feasible. Uh, I think a lot of people still actually need to compete more to get better at competing. So that's not necessarily feasible, but I also don't think you have to peak for every meet. I know everyone wants to do their best, which makes it tough, but like maybe you need to learn to compete, uh, train to get better, and just go out there and get some competition in. Um, I'll use Tyler for that example. Tyler Kennedy did our May meet and didn't have the meet he wanted, mostly technical stuff. Um, said to me, I want to I want to do the July meet. And I was like, shit, that's a, it's a quick turnaround. And I'm like, you, you know, you just peaked and you're going to hit another meet in seven weeks. And he's like, I want to, I, I want to, I want to do it. So I gave him a few weeks of like volume to back him off a little, give him a body a little bit of a break. And then we kind of went right back into a peak. And um, Tyler actually had a great day. He had, yeah. he had, all three were meet PRs, pretty good meet PRs. I think he hit. I think his total went up 15 kilos in seven weeks. He was in a better mindset, too. He just, like, he's done it a few times now. So, like, other times where he might have been, like, worrying about what's next, he was just there. Like, he just went through the routine, and it just took, it just gave him a lot more energy and confidence, I think, so. Yeah, and the 15 kilos, I mean, like, 15 kilos in seven weeks is ridiculous, first off. But, like... He didn't lose 15 kilos in the last meet. He was probably, if he hit all of his numbers and then he hit these numbers, he probably still would have had a, ten, a seven and a half to ten kilo PR. Like, so even if he does seven and a half, seven and a half in 12 weeks, two and a half per lift. Matt Gary talks about all the time. And I love this idea of like, if you can hit two and a half kilos per lift every 13 weeks, that's four times a year. At the end of the year, each lift is up 10 kilos. That's 66 pounds in a year. And a lot of people are like, oh, that's, you know, that's terrible. And we just talked about you. Like, you were basically 72 pounds in uh, nine months. Yeah. So, but 66 pounds a year, if you do that for five years, I don't care how bad you are now. If you do that for five years, you're at the top of your class. Uh, So, you just totaled... 1383. Yeah. So if we had 66 pounds to your total every year for the next five years, 
So we're looking at 330 pounds. Dennis Cornelius still smashes you. Oh, man. <laughs> but now all of a sudden you're a 1750, like a 1750 total. That's huge. Uh, and this goes back to stuff we talked about on the podcast before, people like wanting 150 pounds in 12 weeks. And we've talked about this. We can probably do that for you, but you're not going to like it. And you're more and the like chances it. of you doing it in that the other way is probably. And you're going to get hurt. Yeah, more plausible. And your time in the sport is going to be shorter. And the problem is you can't do that five times in a row. You may, maybe you get 150 pounds, and the next one you get five. And, I, and that's a hard thing to realize for a lot of people. But like I said seven and a half kilos. Even if you don't do a meet, even if you do a mock meet, just test in the gym and see where you're at. Seven and a half kilos every 13 weeks. That's awesome. I mean, like, being self-reflective, uh, my first meet I did here, uh, when we still had the turf that we did in the corner, um, I was squatting around maybe 420, right? It's only It's been two years, and I've added 50 pounds a year. I'm like, I squatted 518 with more in the tank. Like, right. Uh, and... Way above the seven and a half kilo number. We yeah. <laughs> um, when I first joined the gym, my max bench was around 185. Right. I hit 314 at the meet. I hit 319 in the gym. Right. These are like it because one thing that I feel comes from powerlifting is building patience. Mm-hmm. Right. You have to understand that if things slowly build so gradually over time that you you don't recognize that you are making huge progress, right? And it, yeah, it wasn't until like like a couple hours before I came to the gym, like holy shit, like I've added a hundred pounds to my squat in like two years, <laughs> like that's insane. Uh, and like hopefully we can continue to do that through probably a very stressful part of my life, but you know, like. <laughs> but that's when you when time is probably the most underutilized and recognized aspect of this sport. Yeah. And I think it's the most important part. Oh, yeah. Because, like, not just mentally, but just, like, being able to pull back and when you're at med school and be like, oh, I had 100 pounds in my total over this amount of time. Yeah. Like, this little flip in time might pull back eventually and see the next three years or so, you might, yeah. you know, double that. But that's the most, I think, the most underutilized aspect that people don't take advantage of is just realizing how much time you put into it and how much time you will put into it and planning. Yeah, and I mean, the whole philosophy of teamgpt.com, right? <laughs> Being an online, oh, see, I haven't done that in a while, right? Is building that longevity and sort of understanding that progress is something that you strive for, right? But it's not going to happen immediately. Like, everyone wants everyone wants to be so strong, but become Instagram famous. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Like, you get sponsorships. Yeah. Biddies hit you up in your DMs. You're like, yeah. hey, how you doing? Yeah, Right? But, you know, understand that. It's like, put in the work and it'll freaking happen, man. Yeah. But anyway, I guess that's a good place to end that one. Yeah. Right? Good positive note. Thank you so much for listening. To send in questions, DM me on Instagram at Syed underscore likes underscore stuff. Follow the gym on Instagram at Team GPT.
For more information about the gym, visit GleasonPerformance.com and join the team. For online coaching, go to TeamGPT.com.